0: Hey, guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Man, we are so glad you guys are here. Welcome to the next week of Sushi, Sex, and Subtitles, a series all about relationships. And so turn your neighbor and say relationships. All right, and uh, man, I I, uh, I have three siblings. So I have my sister Natalie, and I have my, a Vietnamese brother and sister, uh, Tommy and Cindy, and uh, and so Tommy tortured me growing up, uh, and Cindy was just like she she was like the the sister that just always there. She was always around the house. Tommy chased me with shovels and everything else. But I remember growing up with Cindy. Cindy wears glasses. She's always worn glasses, and so. Uh, I remember one time when I was younger, how many guys have ever picked up somebody's glasses just to see what life is like through those? Anybody ever done that before? I picked them up and oh, dear God, the woman's blind. She can't see anything. I don't, you know, and I, so I, I remember I picked up the glasses, I put them on and like, they were so disorienting. I had to take them off and then like grab a hold of something to get my bearings again. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I literally, and I said to her, I was like, how can you see anything looking through these things? And she looked back at me and she said, I don't know how you can see anything when you're not looking through these things. And I was like, man, I couldn't make it like from here to the edge of the stage wearing those. Like you wouldn't want me wearing those at all. And uh, she said, I don't know how you can live life not wearing these. I always have them on. And it, it reminded me of what many of us experience in our relationships. How many guys know all of us deal with baggage? How many guys know we all deal with things from our past that affect our present, and if we're not intentional, we'll also affect the future. And so we all deal with baggage, and the reality is, right, baggage affects us so deeply, and baggage oftentimes hinders communication because it distorts our reality. So how many guys know the world you view isn't always the world view you view. Sometimes it's just the way you're viewing it that interprets its reality, right? And so what happens is the things of our past create a lens that we view the world through, and it distorts our reality. And today I want to talk to you about communication. Turn to your neighbor, and say communication, right now. Turn to the person that you just neglected on the other side of you, <laughs> that you failed to communicate with, right, and say communication. So when we're talking about communication, one of the things that I want to talk to you about is this idea of how our past impacts our ability to communicate in the present, right? Because the reality is this, much of our communication issues are actually perception problems. Much of our Communication issues are actually perception problems. Have you ever been having a conversation before and you said something and the person you were talking to took it completely different than how you said it? Has anyone ever been talking to you before and they said something and you walked back to your car and was like, Did they just say what I think they said? And you hit them with a text message and they're like, That's not what I meant at all. Come on, married folks. Come on, married folks. Help me out right how many guys have ever been talking and what you said and what they heard were not the same thing all right very good why because much of our communication issues don't have to do with the words we're using it has to do with how we see things and more importantly how we see things because of how life has taught us to see things luke 6:45 says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks I'm going to say it again. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Say that with me. Say speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Which means whatever your heart is full of, that's what's inevitably going to come out of you. How many of you guys know a bitter person? How many of you guys know that bitter person is also always negative? Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks speaks right how many guys know an angry person that wants everyone else around them angry also because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks right how many guys know someone that's so happy they get on everyone's nerves (laughs) we all know so come on you know who i'm talking about They're in such a good mood. You see them coming towards you. You're like, "I'm not doing this today. I'm not. I'm I'm not doing this today. I don't feel like being in that good of a mood." So I'm right. Right. We all know, like, because out of the abundance of their heart, the mouth speaks. Right. And so, listen. Well, I say it like this: Whatever is in you, it is inevitable that it comes out of you. And so it is important to understand with our communication that how we view the world and how we interact is all based on communication. I saw this quote, and it actually is about communication. It says, All that is needed to grow weeds is a tiny crack in the sidewalk. And for many of us, our marriages, our relationships, even our connections to coworkers, neighbors, friends, We've allowed cracks to show up in the foundation of our communication, and now weeds are growing all in our relationships. And the reality is, you don't need something huge to break down your foundation. All you need is to start slipping on your communication to the degree that little weeds start growing up through the cracks. And so what do we need to do in our life? We have to get very intentional about how we communicate. We have to get intentional about how we use our communication to love one another, to heal one another. Because if we're not careful, we also may be using our communication to hurt one another. Right? James 1.19 says it like this. He says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to post on their social media profiles. Oh, wait, wrong version. Uh, Everyone should be quick to make a new Instagram post when they have an opinion. No. Everyone should be quick to post a new TikTok video about how they think. No. What does it say? We should be quick to listen. How much of us, if we were honest, do we know that society has bred the habits of giving people opinions in spaces they probably shouldn't have one? And if we were honest, the culture of breeding that type of mentality has also made it to where even in the most deepest connected relationships we have, like our spouse, my desire to be heard is more important than my desire to heal. And so what we have to do is we have to set up communication properly to understand that we should be quick to listen. What does it keep? It keeps on going. It says quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. In other words, our job in communication is to hear more than we speak. Our job in our relationships is to help understand what people are going through. And so one of the ways, one of the reasons this is hard, though, is because how many guys know our past affects the way we view things in our present? Right? Come on, help me out. Turn your neighbor and say, that's me. Yeah, That's me. Go on. Like, turn to the person on the other side, right? Because it's all about community. That's me, right? I, I deal with this. I want to give you six lenses real quick that people view the world through when it comes to relationships. The first one is the magnifying gla- glasses, the magnifying lenses, right? And so the magnifying lenses, right? These are the lens you view life through when you have a habit of making everything bigger than it actually is. You have a habit of making things bigger, issues bigger, right? You have a hard time seeing how big God is because all you can see is how big the issue is. You have a hard time seeing how big your relationship is because all you see is how big the problem you're currently facing is, right? Magnifying issues. I remember I was working for a boss one time. We worked on instruments, like musical instruments. And he had one of those things that flipped down so that he could see the very small things really big. So uh, he, he was like, it was almost like a scientist flip down goggle things. And they were huge magnifying lenses on the end, right? Uh, the problem was like when you're looking through them, it makes everything big. But when someone's looking back at you, it makes everything big too, right? And so I remember one time he was just upset about something. He's looking down at his instrument, and he's just, I can't believe this. We got to get this fixed. And he's yelling, yelling. He's working on the instrument, but he's yelling. And then he just looks up at me, and his eyes were like humongous, right? And I just busted out laughing. And he's like, this isn't funny. And I'm like, brother, I cannot take you serious right now with your big bug eyes looking at me through those magnifying lists. But how many guys will be honest and say there's a component of you that oftentimes puts on the magnifying lenses because you tend to view things as bigger than they actually are, right? But we don't just have the magnifying lenses. We also have the invisible lenses, the invisible glasses, right? I call these the John Cena's. Because you, cause you can, Okay, sorry, anyway, sorry. But listen the invisible glasses, and the invisible glasses are all about your desire to avoid conflict to the degree that you actually disappear within your relationship. You want so badly for things to be okay that you actually lose yourself trying to keep everyone else happy. The problem with that is what happens on the day you need to be seen and heard, but you've only trained everyone around you to ignore you because you never have an opinion. What happens when you're so busy meeting everyone else's needs that the day finally comes where you need yours met and no one shows up can I be honest with you? Oftentimes we train people on how to treat us more than they figured it out. And so we have the invisible glasses for people that never show up, right? Then we have my personal favorite, the you're gonna see me glasses, right? (laughs) These are the insecurity glasses. I just feel like I got to put these on because, you know, that's how we roll. And so the insecurity glasses, because opposite to the person that always wants to disappear is the person that has to always be seen. They overshadow everyone constantly because they're so insecure about the fact that someone might forget them that they make it a point to never get missed, right? The problem is, if you're always getting missed, you're probably also always walking on other people. And so we have the insecurity glasses. The next ones, these are the optics glasses. And with the optics glasses they're optics lenses, right? You want to know what these are good for? Absolutely nothing. It's good. who just glasses and frames. Like it's clear. It doesn't do anything, right? And this, equi- this is the equivalent of your social media life. At least it looks good, even if it's purposeless. At least I can show the world that I got something going on, even if that's not actually how my marriage is. At least I can show that I love people, even if I really don't. At least I can show that I'm happy, even if I'm really not. See, a lot of us tend to look through what I call optics glasses, where we're trying to show the world something we don't actually believe. The problem with optics glasses is at some point you have to face the reality, right? Which brings me to the other one that I think all of us to some degree view through, and that's the damaged glasses, Because with the damaged glasses, how many guys know you have a tendency to look at things in your life and call them damaged, even if they're not, but it's not because it's damaged, it's because you're looking through damaged glasses. The damaged brokenness in you is causing you to believe that there's a brokenness in them or in that or in there, when in reality, the brokenness might actually just be what you're looking through, not what you're looking at. And see, we all have a degree of brokenness that we look through. And so when we look at things that look wrong, we look at things or when we get offended. How many of guys have ever been offended before? Right? I'm about to offend you right now and call you a liar if you didn't raise your hand. Right? Okay. So, like we've all been offended before. But how many of you guys know when you get offended, you get off-ended and start looking at everything sideways? The problem is when you get offended and you get off-ended, you start looking at everything sideways. Nothing quite looks right. And it's not because it's not right. It's because you're not right. And so we all tend to look at things through brokenness. But what we actually need, what we actually have to have in our life, right, is prescription glasses. Prescription glasses are necessary for the people that wear glasses in here every day. They'll tell you, I need these bad boys, right? Now, Cindy's glasses, my sister that I told you about, hers are prescription glasses. She needs those, right? Could you imagine if I tried to drive home from church today wearing those glasses, right? All y'all would be like, let me know when you get there. And then I'm driving home because I'm not going to be in this road at the same time as you, right? Why? Because it don't make any sense for me to have what she needs to get where I'm going. But how many of us are trying to put on other people's lenses, trying to get where God's taking us, not realizing that's not a prescription built for you? You see, we all need what God has built for us to help us see clearly to us get healed from our damage Get into our purpose, start showing up in places we need to show up and not show up in places we don't need to show up. What do we need to happen? We need to start trusting God. But if we can start looking through the right lenses, if we can start looking through what God has for us, something that he has and wants us to see life through, listen to me, then we can start communicating well. But the reason many of us can't communicate well is because we have a distorted reality, right? Without healthy communication, we're always looking at other people's actions through our lenses. So when they do something, I perceive that they're doing something that's hurting me, even if what they're doing has nothing to do with me. Why? It's not their actions, it's my lens. When I see them saying something or hear them saying something, that has nothing to do with me. How many of you guys have ever had someone say something that had nothing to do with you, but you were like, "Does that have something to do with me?" I think they were passive-aggressively saying they're like, "No, brother, that had nothing to do with Why? You're looking at what they're saying through your lens, right? And so healthy communication limits that to where we're not looking at people's actions through our lenses. It helps us start unpacking what those things are. That's why it's important to not just know what your lens is but also know what other people's lenses are. So knowing the dominant lens of people you're connected to, right, gives you a common language. Now, this is important in communication. We're going to jump into the Bible in a second, but I want to help unpack this for you for just a second, right? Some of the dream teamers are in the room. This will make sense to them. We don't have to do this, we... So we, at TC, everyone that serves anywhere on campus, they're one of our dream teamers. And this is a phrase we use often. We use it often because we believe that God put purpose inside of us to serve people. So when we show up, we don't have to serve here. We don't have to high-five at doors or lead worship or preach. We get to do the things that we do. Now, how many guys know that could get exhausting to unpack that every Sunday? Hey, don't forget, you don't have to, and then you get the purpose. Or I can just walk and say, we don't have to do this, we. You want to know why? It's common language, and common language matters. So imagine for a second you're having a conversation with somebody, and because you know their lens, and they start going, well, I can't believe you would do that that way. You go, hey, honey, you're you're looking at this through your damaged lens. That's not how I'd meant that. Well, the, you're just, you're making this, and then this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and that's going to happen. And then, hey, whoa, 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 you're looking at this through a magnifying lens, not reality. Can we bring it back down for a second? Imagine how quickly and how healthy your communication could get if you started using common language. So the reason it's important to know how people view things is because it also helps us know how we should communicate with them. So now when I look at my wife and she's blowing something out of proportion, which she never does, I can say, you're looking at this through a magnifying lens, not the reality. And you know what she can do? She can say, you're absolutely right, I'm overreacting. (laughs) We've yet to get to step two on that, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it one day. But the reality is this, when we have common language, we can use it to help each other and we can communicate effectively, right? Proverbs 18, 21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. That means you can literally use your language to speak healing or hurt, to wield a sword or to bring healing to someone that's been hurt. You literally, and you have the ability to speak life or speak death with your words, right? Right? Proverbs 18.2 says this, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but they delight in airing their own opinions. So what we deal with as we start having some of these conversations is we need to understand, so what is helpful with communication? And I want to give you just a few things today to help you with communication. Number one, communication lets me know their needs. Communication lets me know their needs. If you're going to have healthy communication, I need to know what their needs are, right? How many guys, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. When you got married, you signed up to serve, not be served. For those of you that are married, for those of you that aren't married, if you're looking for a wife or a husband to serve you, you're already looking for the wrong thing. Because it's about giving yourself to someone, not getting someone for yourself, right? And when we learn to communicate, it helps us understand their needs. Ephesians 4, 29 says it like this. It says, do not let any unwholesome right, talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to what? Their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And I sit down with people all the time and they talk to me about uh, the, idea, the desire for intimacy. And I'm not just talking about sex. I'm, also, I'm talking about intimacy as far as connection, connectivity, all those things. And what we have to realize is we think intimacy is the starting point communication comes after. But it's actually that communication is the starting point. I even put it like this. Communication is the starting point for vulnerability. And vulnerability is the first step towards intimacy. How many of us have ever tried to demand something from our spouse in regards to intimacy and knows that didn't go well? Why? Because when we demand something, we're not vulnerable. We're just creating an expectation. But communication opens the doors for vulnerability. When we communicate effectively, essentially what we're saying is, these are the things I'm dealing with. This is, how, this is what's happening for me. This is how I'm processing things. This is where I'm at. And as we start to unpack that, we become vulnerable. And as we become vulnerable, it opens up an opportunity for us to hold the space of intimacy for one another, which is why communication is so important. But it's not just about knowing their needs. Communication also enables me to see through their lens. Now we just talked about this a few minutes ago, but I want to unpack it again for a second because it is so important to be able to see through the lens of the people you're connected to, whether it's your spouse, if you're married, your coworkers, your friends, your neighbors, your people you go to school with, all of this matters. The reason this is important is because if you can view through their lens, it helps you know why they do the things they do. Listen, husbands, this is gold. For you to be able to go, that's why you do the thing you do? We need to be able to see through their lens. I sit down with couples all the time. And one of the things that constantly comes up is uh, I, I say, you know, why? They, he says, I don't understand why my wife keeps doing this. Or the wife says, I don't understand why my husband keeps doing this. And so I ask this magical question. Are you ready? You ready? Why do you do that? <laughs> Mind-blowing, isn't it? Why do you do that? And they go, well, I do that because when I was five or when I was 10 or when I was seven or when I was hurting or when I was, and then all of a sudden they go, because my dad or because this teacher or because a, a principal in school or because, and all of a sudden they start unpacking the reason why they're doing what they're doing. And automatically I go, okay, so every time they start doing this husband or wife, now, you know, they're not actually mad that you did this. They're viewing it through a lens that represents this. So now don't just look for their actions. Look for the motivation behind their actions. Every time you say this word, it's a trigger for them, and it makes them think you're going to do this. And now, because we've understood lenses, we can say, "Okay, every time you do this, it means this," and so it helps us unpack things. Proverbs 15.1 says, "A gentle answer," because how many of you guys know it takes work to learn the lens of someone else? How many of you guys know it takes work to learn your lens? Right? It definitely takes work to learn the lens of someone else. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a gentle answer starts with healthy communication. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I feel like for many of us, our communication process is we respond to conflict with conflict. How many of you guys have ever been in an argument and it turned into a rock-throwing contest? Guess who wins in a rock-throwing contest? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> because the, the only person that wins is whoever got hurt the least. But everyone gets hurt which is why we need to process the idea that we need to be slow to our anger and we need to be gentle in how we communicate with one another. Ashley and I had a tough conversation last night. And in our conversation last night, it, was just, it wasn't a bad conversation. It was just one of those harder conversations. But I could have gone in saying, I want this and I need this and I do, do this. And she would have looked at me and said, go fly a kite, brother. Right? <laughs> Right? Maybe not those exact words, but, right? but because I know her lens, I stepped into a gentle space and said, let me show you how I view things. And Because I view them this way, when you do these things, this is what it means to me, even if that's not how you mean to do it. And she said, I had no idea that's what that means to you. I said, that's why I wanted to talk to you about it, rather than just hoping she figures it out. Right? Which brings me to my next point, and that's that communication also establishes boundaries. Communication establishes boundaries. There are two things uh, that, we, that I encourage every couple to do. When I do premarital counseling, we create these two things. Uh, and these are things that I've learned just over the years of being married. I have been married forever, but I've been married long enough to know that these things were super helpful. These are two things that I encourage everyone to do. Uh, that You need to have a we will always list. We will always, as a couple... I'm talking to couples for a second, from married, whether you're married, dating. We will always, all right. So, right, you can write that down. You put a note. They're going to put it on the screen It's like We will always. And the reason I knew about this is because I didn't realize it was that important. That Ashley has this one desire. You ready? We will always kiss each other and tell each other we love each other before we leave. Now that sounds very like realistic, right? I learned this the hard way. We were at the mall. we were at the mall and, uh, if you know Pensacola, you know, Cordova mall and and we were leaving the mall. We were going to target, not my choice. And so we're leaving the mall. We're going to target. I can see target from where I'm standing. It's, it's right there. It's over there. And, uh, and so she says, okay, let's get ready. Let's pack up. Let's go to target. I said, cool. We're riding in separate cars. I get in my truck. I crank it. I drive to target. When I get to target, she's the angriest, angriest woman I've ever seen in a target ever. And I was like, what's, what's the matter? What, what's gonna, you didn't kiss me and tell me you loved me before we left. From over there? <laughs> I didn't leave for the day. I didn't go out of town. We drove 100 yards. I could kick a football almost this far. Like I, it was there. I, like I can hit a golf ball to that building. Like I, it's just like, you don't understand. You never leave without kissing me and tell me you love me. And I was like, well, that just sounds like a lot. <laughs> right? And I started thinking, why does she want that? I mean, obviously I'm gorgeous. But other than that, why does she want that? Why does she want that? And so I started thinking to myself, why and 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 as I started processing it, so uh, her, her mother had cancer uh, actually multiple times by the grace of God. God healed her and then she came back and a number of things. And she passed away um, in 2012. And then our dogs passed away. and we just, like, She's gone through a significant loss in her life. And what I found out after I asked her, I said, why is that so important to you? Obviously, I don't mind kissing my wife and telling her that I love her, for the record. okay. Some people are like, God, what a jerk. No. <laughs> I don't mind doing that, or I don't have a problem doing that. I wanted to know why it was so important to her. She was like, it wasn't like she was upset. She was genuinely offended. And I said, why is this so important to you? And she said, because I'm tired of losing things in my life and not knowing that the last thing I said was I love you. I was like, oh, God. Because <laughs> it makes sense, right? But if all I heard was, just make sure you give me a kiss because I want you to. That's different than I want to make sure the last thing we ever tell each other is we love, we love each other in the event that something ever happened to one of us. But I wouldn't know that if I didn't ask her to understand how she's viewing this portion of our relationship. But not only do we have a we will always, we also have a we will never list. Things we will never do, Right? In our house, we're not, we never, we refused and we will never allow the word divorce to show up in our house. It's not allowed in our home. Not if we're joking, not if, we're not allowed for that word to show up in our house because we refuse to ever let it be put on the table for anything ever. Doesn't matter how big the fight is. Doesn't matter how bad things go. Doesn't matter how many times in a row she's wrong. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Right? One day she may have a microphone, she can tell her version of the story, all right? But for me, right now, I have it. For us, that word is never allowed to be. In our language, I sit down with couples all the time, and this one shows up a lot. So I just want to give it to you in case it's helpful for some of you guys. And uh, they, I, I talk with couples that are getting ready to get married. and I say, what's the one thing uh, that if he, if, I, I'm talking to women a lot of times. I say, what's the one thing if, if he did that, you feel like it would be the, most, the worst thing in the world he could possibly do to you? And this answer shows up over and over and over again. If, if we ever get in a fight and he left. And I say, left, like left you? Like, no, if he he left the house. And I said, why is that? And I'm telling you more times than you can imagine. They say, because every time people in my life got fed up with me, they left. And most of the time, they never came back. And many of the times, they would say, including my father. And so what to a man oftentimes is, I just need to get out of this house. I need to go down to McDonald's. I need to go to the beach, I need to get to a space where I can just think. I'm encouraged, I would tell them, do that in another bedroom, not in another city, okay? <laughs> do that in another area of the house, do that in your backyard, because if you leave, you have crossed a line that to you seems like no big deal, but to her is the biggest deal, because there's a separation problem. But how many guys know if we didn't have that conversation? And his habit is to get in the car and leave. And her thing is, if he ever leaves, it's the worst thing he can do. What seems like not a big deal to him is the biggest deal to her. Now imagine how many of those little things could exist in a relationship that if you don't talk about it, you never know. Now imagine how many times you're crossing a line for your spouse that you don't even know exists. That's why communication is so important. And communication does one more thing I wanna give it to you. Communication, out of all the things that it does, It helps me forgive. Communication helps me forgive. Communication helps me move to this place of letting go. Helps me move to this place of dealing with hurts. It helps me move to this place of forgiving the faults and the failures and the things uh, that have happened in our lives, right? Ephesians 4.32 puts it like this. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. And for many people, they say, you don't understand. I've been hurt by this. This has gone on in my life. Those things may be true, but listen to me. I want to help you out with something today. Until you forgive the things that have hurt you, you'll never be able to move forward with the people that haven't. And until you forgive the things of your past, your present and your future will always be dictated by the lens or glasses that that hurt makes you put on every day. But forgiveness helps you start shaping into the world for what it actually is versus the way you've always seen it. Forgiveness gives you a fresh start. For some of you, you may have been married for 20 or 30 years. Forgiveness could give you the best 20 or 30 years of your future better than the 20 or 30 years of your past. Forgiveness is a clean slate. Forgiveness isn't forgetting because how many guys know you don't forget scars, but forgiveness is choosing to move past those things and not let them be the reason that you keep hurting each other because who wins in a rock throwing contest? Nobody. You say, Brad, how do I do that? I'm here for communication. I I, I want communication. I want this to be part of my life. This is how we do it. We communicate. For me and my wife, we communicate. We've been married 13 years, and we communicate. I look up to my parents, married over 40 years. I watched a healthy couple constantly communicate. I look at my grandparents, most of which are with the Lord. Communication. Listen, everything rises and falls on communication. We have to be able to talk to one another. But we also have to have the right agenda while we communicate. Having the right agenda gives us the ability to sit with each other and be in each other's space. I remember hearing this story of uh, a man who, uh, this was back in the early 1800s. He had heard that about these rocks called diamonds. He had never heard of them before. He said, I wanna go find these diamonds. They said, if you find one that's the size of your thumb, you could be a millionaire. And so he sells all of his land and he goes on this pursuit around the world to find these diamonds. He said, I'm gonna find these diamonds. In his pursuit of the diamonds, he went bankrupt. That did not go his way. He's looking and he can't, oh, I mean, he traveled the world thinking he was gonna get something great He spent everything he had. The guy that was getting this story from another man looked up on the mantle of this huge mansion. It was up on the shelf. He said, what's that? He said, that's a diamond. It was massive. He said, where did you get that? He said, the man that I was just telling you about that sold everything to go look for diamonds. He used to own this property. And I found that diamond in the river of the property. Matter of fact, the property was full of all kinds of rubies and diamonds. He went looking everywhere trying to find the thing that was right in front of him. For many of us, we want a perfect relationship. For many of us, we want a great marriage. But for many of us, we think it's somewhere out there. If I could just, if I could just, if we could just And it's this dream that you feel like you gotta go really far to have something great. You don't, you just gotta get better about owning what's right in front of you. Talking, having conversations, seeing through each other's lenses, understanding their needs and saying, hey, I want you to know this about me. Help me understand you better. So what does it look like? Let me give you this, we'll wrap up. Make healing the goal of all your interactions. Make healing the goal of all your interactions. What if your conversations with your spouse and your friends, your coworkers, were more about healing them than making sure they heard you? Healing. Because here's what I know. In every relationship, because this is how God works. In every relationship, you're either helping or hindering people's healing. So can I encourage you with something? Choose wisely. In every relationship, you're either helping or you're hindering someone's healing. Choose wisely. Proverbs 12, 18 puts it like this. The words of the reckless pierce like a sword. How many of you guys have ever experienced that? Come on, just be honest, we're almost done. The words of a reckless, someone using the words recklessly, it pierces like a sword. But the second half of that is, but the tongue of the wise brings what? Healing, it brings healing. Make healing the goal, why? Because the tongue holds the power of life and death because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I want you to imagine with me for a second, because our goal as believers is to reflect Jesus. So let the world see Jesus inside of us. So imagine how we could reflect Jesus if our communication brought healing instead of hurt. And I think there's no better place for that to start than right in our homes. Because if we can do that for our spouse, I think we can probably do it for anybody. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you how you're bringing healing into our spaces. God, we thank you for even today. God, it's a simple message about communication, but it is something that can be difficult to implement. Father, you know the things that people have been through and nothing has caught you by surprise. So God, I pray right now for every person who needs their lenses to be transformed. They need healing to see properly. But God, we also need the grace to be able to help others as they see things differently, see things difficult. So God, as we aim to see and hear and live together in unity to reflect Jesus in our life, I pray God that you help us learn to communicate better so that we can bring healing into every interaction we're in. That's our desire, God, is to reflect Jesus. Help us today in Jesus' name. You're here today and you say, Brad, I, I do want to reflect Jesus, but if I were honest with you, I don't know Jesus. I know about him, but my life doesn't belong to him. But today I'm ready for that to change. If that's you today, very quickly, the beauty of the gospel is that though sin has separated you from God, Jesus' forgiveness when he died on the cross can give you access back to God. And today, if you're ready to be forgiven, today, if you're ready for a fresh start, then I'm ready to let you know that Jesus is here to meet you in a powerful way. And so if that's you, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again, and so I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start, and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that pray that, perhaps for the first time to celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.